Welcome to the ETAP Podcast, a service of the American Association of State Highway and Transportation Officials. Each month, we'll provide information and insight into environmental issues important to state transportation officials. Thanks so much for joining us on Ashto's ETAP Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Wagenblast. Investment infrastructure serves as a critical factor in a city's economy, an individual's career, education, access to resources, and healthy food options. In 2012, the Georgia Department of Transportation recognized a need to close the gap between constituent needs for an improved transportation system and opportunity. Thus, the Transportation Investment Act, or TIA, was passed to provide a comprehensive process to fund transportation infrastructure through a voter-approved one-cent sales tax. GDOT is celebrating TIA's 10-year anniversary. The TIA project includes over 1,000 projects across the different regions of Georgia. Its plan is to continue to fund different modes of transportation, including airports, bridges, roads, bike lanes, and maintenance costs, improving the quality of life and beautification. Today, Kenneth Franks, State TIA Administrator, will speak on TIA's success, future projects, and regional and local impact. Kenneth, welcome to Ashto's ETAP Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I talked a bit in the introduction about the TIA and what it is, but that's a very brief introduction. I'm sure you can give us a a better explanation of what the TIA is all about. So why don't you tell us a bit about what it is and how it got started? I think legislators in Georgia have long been searching for a a way to fund transportation and transportation issues. And in 2009, um, a couple of legislators floated the idea of doing a regional transportation approach. Um, And Georgia is broken up into 12 individual regional commissions. And the legislation that they formed allowed for a one cent uh, regional sales tax to be collected for a period of 10 years. And that was basically the essence of TIA, the Transportation Investment Act of 2010. Uh, So it passed in 2010 and each of the 12 regions had about a year and a half to get together a draft investment list, go through the process of vetting the projects and take it to the ballot and let the citizens of each individual region vote on it. That happened in summer of 2012. Three of the 12 regions passed in Georgia. So they really didn't know how many regions would pass, but only three took that initial bite. And the three regions that passed started collecting revenue to fund their transportation projects in January of 2013. And that's basically how how it started and and what it does. It actually is broken up a little bit, though. Of the 1% sales tax that's collected, 25% of that is dispersed on a monthly basis to the cities and the counties in each one of the individual regions. So they have, you know, a dedicated fund source to handle local projects um, as they see fit. And the 75% of the 1% sales tax goes to fund the projects that were on the approved investment list. And that's a list that each one of the regional roundtables came up with and the citizens voted on. Do other districts in the state have an opportunity to join this program after that initial period had passed? Funny you should ask that. Um, the three original regions, they, they passed it in 2012. And some of the other regions kind of looked 
I don't think it was a coincidence that two of the regions that adjoin um, TIA regions decided to try to opt on in 2017. So middle Georgia and southern Georgia both looked at coming on um, to TIA. Middle Georgia's vote was extremely close. Um, it was 49% yes to 51% no. So middle Georgia did not pass, but southern Georgia did pass. And southern Georgia started collecting funds in 2018. So we do have one additional region that's came on, and we have four active regions now. You talked about the lists that each of the regions put together and that was approved. How is this list updated as time goes on and maybe new projects are identified and old projects are perhaps already funded? That's one thing that, in my opinion, makes TIA very efficient at delivery. The list is set. And the way the law is structured, we have to have a fiscally constrained list put together. And and each region is in charge of developing their own list. So the regional roundtable is comprised of political members from each county in the region. There's two members from each county represented. And those gentlemen and women are in charge of putting together a list of transportation that the region will vote on. It's all identified up front and your 10 years worth of funding is planned out and and the project list doesn't change. From a delivery aspect, that allows us to focus and truly make a long-term plan because a lot of times the some of the things that are really complicated in delivering transportation projects is the, the in and out of projects and priorities and things like that. Having a set static list makes delivery a little bit, a little bit easier, in my opinion. So the representatives of each one of the regions came up with the list, the citizens vote on it, and we deliver it. It sounds like these regional commissions are somewhat similar to how an MPO operates, except where an MPO is concerned with federal money, these regional commissions are concerned with more local funds. Is that, right. is that a fair way of comparing them? That is a fair assessment. I mean, you know, and we look at this revenue as it's local money. You know, federal funds enacts the federal process and, and brings in that. So the ability for us to deliver these projects with local funds on local routes is, is much more efficient. And not every project is on a local route, but some projects are on local routes. We have local routes. We have projects that are on the state route system and on the federal network as well. Can you give us some examples of some of the projects that have been funded through the TIA? If you literally take a step back and think about the entire gambit of transportation funding and in transportation networks, we touch a little bit of all of it. Um, we've had ITS projects in and around the, the city of Augusta. We've had resurfacing projects in the heart of Georgia, Ottawa region that are under $20,000. So small city streets being resurfaced. We have projects on airports. We have projects that, that work with transit. You know, we've been working with Metra over in Columbus um, to help them expand their their Metra transit services. They've bought new buses as part of the Transportation Investment Act funding as well. So it, it really touches almost everything that you can possibly think of. Pedestrian improvements. We've had rails to trail projects, pretty much the entire gambit. Well, since these projects, Kenneth, are identified by these regional commissions, I would assume that each region has different priorities. So is there any requirement that a certain percentage goes to transit or to 
pedestrian and bicycles, or is it pretty much whatever is approved by the various regions open for funding? That's that's one one of the, I think, good parts of the law. The law really enables the locals to identify their priority projects and, and move them forward. As part of the development of the list, the Georgia State Planning Director provides criteria, a draft criteria for each regional roundtable to look at. And so that draft criteria outlines percentage of investments, recommended percentage. And and basically, GDOT looks at the state transportation plan and comes up with with what we think would be a good plan. And we present that to the region and the regional roundtable. The regional roundtable has the ability to amend that list slightly. Um, So they can look at it, discuss it, ask questions, and the regional roundtable can work with the the state planning director to build what they think is the best investment list criteria. And once that's passed, then, you know, that kind of allocates the amount of funds are available for each type of transportation project. As I mentioned in the introduction, this is the 10th anniversary of TIA. 10 years ago, topics like environmental justice and resilience were not necessarily top of mind. They've become much more important in the past 10 years. How does that figure into any of the projects that are funded? Again, since these are are long-term projects, is there a means to address issues that perhaps weren't necessarily seen as high 10 years ago? We've stumbled into that on a couple of different projects um, from the original three regions. And fortunately enough, Whenever developing the the project list, you know you come up with a fiscally constrained number for each one of the the projects, but but we hold out a little bit of projected revenue to account for inflation and not only account for inflation but account for you know what ifs you know so to speak um, because delivering transportation projects is not really not cut and dry you know you run into things environmental issues and regulations change as we go and deliver projects. So we're very much fiscally constrained, but with a lot of these projects, we have a little bit of flexibility. And we're fortunate enough, and I say we, um, I'm saying TIA, we're fortunate enough to to be in a state like Georgia where the Georgia Department of Transportation has been a great partner of TIA. And GDOTs came to the table on multiple projects to assist not only in funding, but assist in resources as well on some of these projects. So. GDOT has been committed to delivering these projects for the regions and has been a a helping partner. As far as how I see this changing or potentially evolving in the future, we're actually just starting the process in Southern Georgia of looking at the next 10 years. So I'm kind of interested to see some of the projects that they put on, but looking at it from a sustainability perspective and being able to handle or address some of these newer things, some of the programs that Federal Highway are putting out that are available to the locals require a match. And, and one thing that TIA does, it is it enables all these counties and cities that are in the TIA region to have a dedicated transportation fund source that's coming in on a monthly basis. So it enables them to plan out for stuff like this and set aside transportation funds so they have a match to potentially capture some of those federal funds for some of these new, new programs that are coming out. Walk me through a little bit in terms of how the funding 
is distributed. Each state is a bit different in terms of how it is set up and how funding can be distributed. The money that's raised in each region, I assume, stays within that region. Is that correct? It absolutely does. The revenue is collected, you know, via sales tax. Um, The Georgia Department of Revenue collects the funds and and holds it, and they distribute it once a month to JISFIC, and that's the Georgia State Financial Investment Commission. And basically, JISFIC is in charge of holding the funding for GDOT. So we've got like a three-compartment agreement between the Department of Transportation, JISFIC, and the Department of Revenue. So Department of Revenue collects the money, JISFIC holds the money, GDOT delivers the projects and the program, and then we seek reimbursement from JISFIC on a monthly basis on our expenditures. The 25% collection that is distributed on a monthly basis, GDOT doesn't touch at all. So that goes straight from JISFIC to the cities and the counties in each one of the individual regions. And that is based on a legal formula that is on GDOT's books in code. It's the LARP formula, which basically is a combination of plane miles in the county, our city, and population. So it's distributed via that, that percentage on a monthly basis. Something like TIA is fairly complex in terms of all the different projects that are being funded. I would imagine communications is an important aspect of what you're doing. Tell us a bit about the communications between TIA, GDOT, and the various regions, and even down to the municipal and county level. So communications, to me, is is, is one of our, our keystones. I mean, it, it really is. It's super important. Our main form of communication, in my mind, is our website. And going back to the fact that we truly believe that this is a local program, and, and GDOT is just a partner in assisting in delivery, we want to be clear and transparent with where the projects are what the projects are, and where the investment in transportation is going. So every month we update our website. We show to the date how much we've spent on each one of the projects, how much we've collected. And, you know, as far as transparency, that is as paramount for us. We have a communication specialist, Ms. Penny Brooks, on the program, and and she's in charge of getting information out via social media, and we love to put those stories out. We love to let our citizens know, know what's going on. And some of those are positive stories and some of those are not so positive stories. Everybody loves a, a transportation project when it's finished, but not everybody loves them when they're ongoing. And we try our best to put out information and let, let our citizens know what's going on with our projects that are under construction, if there are going to be delays. you know. So we try to be very informative as far as that goes. But since these are locally driven projects, we try to take extra special care of meeting with our cities and counties through the development process. So we want them to have a seat at the table. You know, all transportation projects have stakeholders, but T is truly different, I believe, because, you know, we want these to be the projects that the locals developed. They understand their roads and their system better than we do in most cases. So we want to meet with them on a regular basis ensure that, you know, the plan, the concept, you know, the preliminary plans that we were putting together is in line with what their original scope was and and make sure that we let them know about changes and everything else. But as far as the, the development of the project, we still do the same communications and outreach. We hold public information, open houses, public hearings, 
Um, we post notifications in the newspaper. And as a special part of TIA, we have the citizen review panels. And we meet at least three times a year with a group of five citizens that all reside in each one of our regions. And they're in charge of oversight over the program. They're politically appointed. And we present information to them on a monthly basis as far as collections and everything else. Um, So it's truly transparent, the delivery of the program. And we also work to go out and do speeches and and let any community group know what's going on with TIA in their area. You mentioned these politically appointed groups. With those, you're presenting information. What role do they have? Is it just that they are receiving that information or do they have any oversight roles that they play? According to the letter of law, they do have oversight. So they have oversight of the spending And whenever the approved investment list is built, there is a a scheduling component that's built in. So the projects are allocated in bands. Um, And what what the bands are is just kind of a way to fiscally constrain a 10-year list out. If we were truly honest, if we built a, a transportation project list and just said, okay, here's the projects, who wants to go first? Every one of the cities and the counties in that region are going to be lining up. So as part of the list development, there has to be some kind of fiscally constrained area. We can't put 90% of the funded projects in the first band, which is the first four years, if you can't actually deliver them in that time period. So there's a lot of that that's worked into the list development up front. But oftentimes we find a need for change. Whenever you look at one of our regions, the heart of Georgia, Ottawa region, had over 700 projects in its first 10-year investment list. It's a tremendous amount of projects. Um, So to think that the regional roundtable and GDOT, you know, had all those projects in the right place priority wise, that's probably not realistic. So um, there's a process in place to go to the citizens review panel, let them know that priorities has changed. This project needs to be moved up. This project may need to slide back a little bit in the overall plan, but the citizens review panel has oversight over that. And they're responsible for providing a yearly report to the citizens of the region and the Speaker of the House in the House of Representatives in Georgia and the Lieutenant Governor of Georgia as well. So they provide documentation that the program is moving forward and is being delivered. So we have to provide them that information. And and it is a collaborative process between um, the Georgia Department of Transportation and the Citizens Review Panels. I want to wrap things up, Kenneth, by asking about the future. You talked about in South Georgia, they are now looking at the next 10 years. Where do you see things changing in the next 10 years, not just in South Georgia, but in general, as far as TIA? The future, so to speak, is is really already here for the original three regions. They've actually already passed the next 10 years. So in January of this year, we started collecting funding to support the next 787 projects that were identified by those three regions. So those lists are already set in stone and and we're already getting PE contracts in place to ramp up. We're already working on local agreements to allow the locals to deliver some of their own projects. So we're well on our way to continuing in the original three regions. Down in Southern Georgia, we're just getting started. Um, So we'll have a, a regional roundtable meeting this next month. I, I truly am interested to see what types of projects that the locals present. But 
you know, GDOT can give them guidance. But from my standpoint, it, I know this sounds bad. I, I really don't care which projects they put on the list. I'm focused on delivering the projects that are there. And you want every project to be successful. In my mind, the only true way to make sure that every project is successful is look at all of them the same. Like this is a local transportation project that they identified as key. Um, so we focus on delivering every one of them with, with the same amount of effort. I like to think that's probably not 100% true, but um, from a, a successful standpoint, it's worked for us for the first 10 years. Well, we've been talking on this episode of Ashto's ETAP podcast about Georgia's Transportation Investment Act and speaking with Kenneth Franks, the state TIA administrator. Kenneth? Thanks so much for being my guest on Ashto's ETAP podcast. Bernie, thanks so much for having me. It was a ball.